Hello and welcome to the Emotion Web Podcast where we take a deep dive into the human condition. Now, as regular listeners will know, I am fascinated by the boundaries of work, of life, identity, and how all of that kind of comes together and shows up in the workplace. And, and in a recent episode with Kelly Swinger on episode 59, we talked about knowing and setting and adhering to boundaries. And yet I know for me personally that the, the, like the delineation between those things has been something that's been hard. Like, is there a, is there a work me and a home me? Because I've definitely had that in the past. Um, and what about this idea of, of bringing your whole self to work? Because um, today's episode is about emotional at work in life um, and how work is part of that as well. And my guest today is a business leader as the head of people, risk and compliance at the Market Operator Services Limited, which goes by a shorter name of Mosul. Uh, and, uh, and I guess combines a passion with their lived experiences into the areas that we're going to be exploring through the podcast today. So let's get our guest on the air. So welcome to the Emotion at Work podcast, Angie Day. Hi, Angie. Hi, Phil. Thank you. Thank you for your warm welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to hear um, both your, I guess, a combination of, of your personal experiences and also the work that you've been driving and delivering within uh, within Mosul as well. So, yeah, I'm super yeah. excited. And am I pronouncing right. that right? Is it is it Mosul in that way? Is that right? Yeah, Mosul. Yeah, yeah. absolutely okay. correct. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, okay. So, as usual for this podcast, then, um, we'll open with an unexpected yet innocuous question. And what I'd like to know is, what's your approach to wrapping gifts? Okay, um, my approach to this to the actual sort of wrapping of the present yeah, the or the wrapping, kind of... no, the wrapping of the gift, the actual the, the act of, of, of kind of encasing it in whatever you want to encase it in. <laughs> okay, so um, I I normally use brown paper and ah, then okay. a coloured ribbon or a string, a bit like sort of sound of music, um, but I tend to um, just find a table. I will then get the right size piece of paper okay. cut it I always make sure I kind of fold over the edges I like it to be quite neat nice. um, and then I get the sellotape ready in advance unless I've got someone else so this year um, it was a bit of a double act between myself and my husband which was great um, certainly better doing it with somebody else um, you're not kind of you know got sellotape sticking to your hair and sort of <laughs> on your fingers and wrapped up and things so so I guess my ideal one would be wrapping with somebody else um, but yeah, I do take sort of care and attention because I think it um, kind of says a lot about you know, what you know the, the giving of the gift. So okay. yeah, that is my approach to uh, to wrapping. I probably leave it all a little bit last minute ish, but um, but yeah, when I do do it, I uh, that that would be my approach. Okay, so a little bit last minute maybe, ideally in a in a in, with somebody else to help you. Yeah, with um, the sticky tape. <laughs> with the sticky tape, or with the sticky tape in particular, would they get involved in the cutting of the paper or the folding or any of those things, mm. or are they there as a as a cellar tape cellar tape staging area? Um, cellar tape staging and maybe the odd thumb. Okay. The odd, nice. you know, positioned positioned thumb. Positioned thumb. To, um, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I guess. I guess I'm kind of a. Yeah. I'm, I guess. I guess I'm in charge of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. Um. So uh, it was interesting because you, you framed it as you like to take care and, and give it attention because of the um, the kind of the way it might add meaning to the gift. Um, I, I, I take a very different approach when I'm wrapping gifts. So um, I cut roughly the right amount of paper 
Um, cool. And if there's too much, that's okay because you know you can just fold it away, or you can uh, you know you can just make the you know when you like kind of push the two bits together to make a triangle at the end. If that's just really big and clumpy when you fold it up, that's fine, no problem <laughs> at all. Um, if you slightly miss with the sellotape, that's okay as well. So my, yeah, I'd probably say my my approach to wrapping is messy. I think I would say. Um, yeah, I, I certainly don't. You know, so like, if I cut the edge with the pair of scissors and and the edge is is a bit scraggly, I won't fold the paper over to make it look oh. nice and neat. There'll be, oh. a, there'll, be a, there'll be a scraggly edge. Oh no, is that, is that bad? <laughs> my my daughter taught me a, a technique this year where um where you kind of if you put the paper at a slight angle, it it wraps further, as it were. So you know if you've got it got it sort of lined up and it doesn't quite wrap, if you if you just if move the paper slightly and put it at diagonal it does tend to fit so um so we've you know we always get those little bits of paper left over at the end and you've got little gifts but never quite quite um match up but yeah i've um very little waste this year which is uh, which was good so yes um yeah my 15 year old is every day teaches me something um something new about life wow fantastic so what do you turn so imagine you have like a a square box with a square piece of paper then and it doesn't quite come over the top do you sort of turn it to like four, turn it like 90 degrees or 45 yeah, degrees? Yeah, 45 or? degrees. You kind of put right, it at yeah. an angle. So when you wrap it up, when you kind of um, cover it over to the top, the, you know, it is, at a, it is at a 45 degree angle, but it, um, you know, it must be trigonometry. Yeah, it just, it just, just works. <laughs> nice. And there you go, fellas. So that was today's episode of the Emotional <laughs> Podcast. You have your, your hack for, for wrapping and we're done. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. <laughs> thank you, Angie. Um. I guess what's interesting um, is that we've got both you and I in, in that example, um, not knowing what the question was going to be or, or what the answer was going to be. We've got very different approaches to that, you know, just to that act in itself of, of wrapping a gift. Um, and I suppose we both make we've both made the meme something in terms of, you know, I, I framed mine as, as being messy and um, and scraggly. And, and you, you, know, you talked about um, the, the, the meaning that it comes from from. I guess having that present presented in a in a in a nice way in a visually appealing way, and so I suppose if we have those differences in in a in, a, in, a, in an everyday act of, of wrapping a gift, um, we must have those differences in the workplace too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and um, you know, and I guess the um, the, the thing for me there, Phil, is um, you know, is your way right or is my way right? you know <laughs> is there a right or wrong way <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and i guess as well they're just different hey <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and, and my way is right for me which doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it, it, it yeah. might be right for you yeah and, and is that something you've been working on in mosul then not the wrapping bit but the the the, the, <laughs> the, the kind of the differences and what might be right for one person what might not quite be what's, what's right for somebody else yes yeah it, it absolutely is and um we um we have been working really hard over the last couple of years in particular on um, just sharing experiences and creating environments for people to um, share their experiences um, and to kind of invite people, others to kind of question and just see the world through through someone else's eyes. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've done, yeah particularly since our diversity society was was established by um, my fantastic colleague um, Abu I mean, two years ago in January. Um, you know, we've, we've done, he has led a lot of a lot of development and work in this area. So, yeah, something we're really, 
proud of and excited about and um, have over the last year in particular been kind of get, getting our message out there more broadly into into the water industry about what we're doing. Hmm. Um, and so tell me more about, if, I, if you don't mind me asking, can you tell me a bit more about the Diversity Society? That sounds fascinating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Mosul is a relatively small organisation, certainly small based on some of the businesses I've worked in before. So we are about 75 people. Okay. Um, and so unlike, um, let's take, for example, a Thames Water in the water industry, which is a, you know, a, a, a big water company where they would probably have specific networks, you know, women's network, um, LGBTQ plus network. Um, ethnicity network, you know, they would have a variety of different groups. Mm. Because of our size, we have one diversity society. So we have one group of people um, that are that are, are diverse. They, you know, they are um, what we call global majority, but they are mm. ethnically diverse in relation to being white British. Um, and they come together every month, every six weeks with an agenda, uh, often spending time just connecting. So kind of getting together as a group. Hmm. And um, we will get sort of speakers in to that group. We will, I mean, the, the, the recent meeting we had, we sort of talked about uh, sort of Christmas and the, you know, the, the festive period. Yeah. Recognising that a number of people in that group uh, do not celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. but will have traditions over the over the period of time. Um, so yeah, it's it's it was set up as a safe space for a group of people to come together to talk about a variety of different topics um, but it has grown and the group lead more broad discussions with the whole of the organization um, and as I say get speakers in and are now going out and speaking themselves as well so presenting at most recent one was presented at uh, an EDI event through the Institute of Water so you know kind of getting out there mm. but yeah it's been um it's been a big success for most of them. You know, I'm kind of the one of the executive sponsors, as is the CEO, mm-hmm. but it is colleague-led and as I said led in particular by my colleague um, Abu. Um, and it's just been a real joy to actually see um, how he and that group have kind of grown and developed and and kind of grown in their ambitions to what they want to achieve. So it's been um, it's, you know, it's been a real highlight for me mm-hmm. uh, during my career in the last few years. It sounds fantastic, and, and, and I like the the framing of it. I think I like the framing of it as a society as well. Then, because it, rather than it being a, a network or a group or a um, yeah, which which are the terms that you, you know, for example, you you mentioned with Fritz has also they might have a um, an LGBTQ plus network, for example. Um, and if the answer to this is I don't know, then that's okay. I, I was just curious about the the choice of of, of calling it a, a society rather than a, a network or a group or something. Was there some some thinking behind that? I don't think there was. You know, I don't think it was. I think it was just the word that sort of that, that we established and came up with. Okay. Um, I mean, what what is what is, is it that I've described all the things that are fantastic about this group, but what is also quite interesting is because it is a small group and it is a very broad. Um, diversity group. Mm. We may find that there are some some topics that are discussed in there that are challenging. You know, because because it's so broad. It, for example, we may be discussing things about LGBTQ plus, mm. but some people within that group, for whatever reasons, may find that that you know that that doesn't work for them. You know, that they don't want to be part of it. So so mm. it it's what we've done is, and it's really very much my my kind of 
my thoughts around the culture and environment we've set up at Mosul is kind of this piece around permission. So kind of setting out what it is you're mm-hmm. talking about, setting out, um, you know, that people can step away, step back, um, you know, not choose not to kind of engage in something if they are not comfortable with it. And that's kind of how we've how we've um, run that group. OK. Um, I've put a note to myself that um, maybe I should I should ask you for Abby's contact details uh, after we finish to, <laughs> to see if there might be a, a second oh, no. guest for the podcast. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that one for another day. Um, <laughs> Uh, so if I take that link then that you've made into into some of the more broader cultural work that's been going on within Mosul then, um, where I'd like to go, I'd like, I'm going to take a slight detour first and then I'll come back. So where, yeah. where I want to go after the detour is is into that broader cultural work that you were describing um, yeah. and around you know, creating a, a culture where um, you know, that, that's, that gives that permission involves I, I want to you really get into those terms that you you mentioned about permission and setting it out and, and allowing people to engage or disengage depending on, on, on how they want to to do so what what I thought might be useful for the listener though before we get there is just to set a bit of context around what Mosul kind of does within the water sector because you mentioned that there's different water companies so you've got the likes of Thames, Anglian Water, Northumbria Water Wessex Water and 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 so on. You've got a few different ones who, who I guess listeners might experience on a day-to-day basis in terms of providing the water to their home and then taking the wastewater, whether it be grey or or, uh, or brown water, away from their home. So where does how does yeah? And you talked about the Institute of Water as well. So where does Mosul play in that then? Okay, so uh, so Mosul is the market operator uh, that is kind of what I describe kind of as at the centre of the non-household water market. So the non-household mm-hmm. water market, the business retail market, was established back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Mosul was the organisation that manages the, the, the settlement engine, so manages the, the, the correct payments between wholesalers and retailers. And right. we're kind of custodians of the codes and the rules. So there are a set of um, codes, rules by which the market operate. And we are kind of the... Um, owners and the kind of the, the, the subject matter experts, I guess, in those codes. So where trading parties want to make changes um, because they don't feel that it kind of best meets the needs of customer or it doesn't quite work for them, then they work with Mosul in um, designing a change to that code and then Mosul understand the process that that needs to go through in order to be presented and ultimately um, approved or otherwise by um, by foot. So we're kind of, so we don't, we don't kind of really, you know, we're in the centre of the water market, but our, you know, our asset is our people. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are we are kind of a professional services organisation um, rather than, you know, g- getting out there and sort of, you know, fixing pipes and, as you say, making sure people have clean water and have their, their waste removed. Um, but when we're very, we're very young because the market's very young. So as an organisation, mm-hmm. we're very young, which is, again, for me as an HR professional, a very exciting place to be. I think there are, um, there are huge opportunities when you join a business that is, that is young. I've worked in organisations that one organisation I worked at for a long time. Um, you know, was part of the organisation was sort of over two hundred years old. So you know that they're, they're, they're both have pros and cons. But you know, working in a new organisation, you just have that ability to really kind of get your arms around it and and develop it and you know um, kind of you know develop it to be something that you're that you know that you think will enable people to thrive. Mm. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. I just, I just thought that was useful. 
yeah, useful, I, useful yeah. context to, to put around it for so the the, the listener gets a sense yeah, of I guess absolutely you know, kind of, before if, we yeah, move into the, what you're doing it gives a sense of yeah if you're not if you're not in the um, sort of business if you're not in the water industry and certainly in the you know the, the non-household market um, it's not necessarily a household name and you say you know we are sort of about mm. seventy five people so no that was really important to um, to provide the context about what we what we do and, and I think that the non-household market is also a little bit different I think in that. In the household market, you don't get a choice of your water company. Um, it's you know based on where you live, whoever services your area, that's that's who you get. Whereas I think yes. in the in the commercial market, you can pick and choose. Is is that right? Correct. Yes. That yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yes. So um, uh, businesses can can choose their retailer. Yes. Yeah. And then the retailer manages that relationship with the wholesaler. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're you're absolutely right. And and that then puts a. a like you said, puts Mosul really central to that then in terms of helping make sure that that, uh, that market operates in in a, in a functional <laughs> and also yep. a sustainable way. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, so let's take that, that link back into the cultural work that you've been doing then. So you talked about how um, permission was one of the was one of the aspects of the culture that you're developing. Tell me a bit more yeah. about that one. So, I'd like to perhaps give you a couple of examples around yeah. around this permission piece. So, I mean, I think um, it, it's fairly. I, I'm fairly. I'm a fairly simple person, Phil, and and it, this is just you know I, I don't think any of this stuff is complicated. For me, it's about treating people um, like grown-ups. Okay. So it is about um, this piece around permission. This year at our away day, so we had we had an away day. And we had a sort of a, a company come in to do some team building activities. And there were lots of different activities that were going on, some that sort of, you know, are quite interactive, some that were mathematical, you know, a real range. Mm. Um, and and at, at the beginning of each of the activities that we did, we just basically said to people, you know, choose choose to choose to engage on a level that you're comfortable with. Yeah. So we, you know, if, if there's if there's a particular activity that you know is is that you don't want to take part in, then you know step step away from that. Choose something different. Mm. Similarly, we had some you know we had um again back to EDI. We had a really good EDI sort of discussion set up, and sort of said to people that you know if you don't feel uncomfortable at any point in time, either either mentally or physically, you know step away. And and why that's important is we had we had direct feedback following the way days from a colleague who said. I really appreciated that. I've been at these types of things before and I've been kind of, you know, forced to put on a stupid outfit and do a stupid dance that I felt really uncomfortable about. And I mentioned it to my manager and my manager turned around and said, well, you know, if you don't do that, it'd be, you know, it's a career limiting move. Mm. And you just kind of think, you know, on what level is that remotely motivating or respectful to that mm. person? And my experience of giving people permission is they normally choose to engage so just being given the kind of respect and the, you know, I'm going to treat you like a grown up normally means people go, thanks for that. I've kind of got that in my back pocket, but I'm going to make the decision to engage with it. And I just think, you know, and this is my point around it. I don't think it's complicated. I think it's just really subtle things like that, that give people that confidence and assurance Um to you know to to step away if they want to and so my experience is people tend not to they tend to go oh, you know i'm going to mm-hmm. dissipate i'm going to throw myself into this or whatever 
Um, so, so that you know, that's kind of a you know, I think there are some there were a couple of sort of live examples there of from our away day where people directly came back and said, you know, I just just want to say thank you. I've appreciated that. That's not the type of culture I've come from before. Um, it does make a difference, and it and it's just one example I think that talks to to our culture, which is one of openness and you know you know let us know how you're doing how you're feeling where we can support um you know what's you know what's happening that that we may that may be helpful for us to be able to help you mm -hmm. and i think so so all of these things are by themselves quite little but i think when you add them all up it speaks to it speaks to the culture um and and you know and and, and as you know from from sort of organizations it's you know great cultures are, are you know, they, they, they take time and they, mm. they have to be consistent and, and it only takes one tiny little thing that kind of introduces mistrust or inconsistency and it kind of all comes tumbling down. Um, so, you know, each of these little incremental things and being consistent about them, I think is what builds and sustains, um, a, you know, a, a good working, good collaborative and, and open working environment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um It's really got me thinking about. Um, so one of the things that, that I talk about, both with my clients and and with my team, is is how I'm really keen on on things. If, if there's a spectrum of, of explicit and implicit, I'm always really keen to be at the explicit end of the spectrum, um, so that so that we we all know kind of what's we all know what's at play. We all know what's happening. We all know what's going on. There's, we're not looking for those um, kind of hidden meanings and 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 what else it can you know what else it could mean, but beyond what's actually there, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and so similarly to, I think in a similar sounding approach to, to what you're describing there, um, whether it be in a coaching session, whether it be in a uh, in a in a team event that I'm facilitating, whether it be in a in a I don't know a, a workshop I'm facilitating then what I, what i'm expressing is an invitation so there's an invitation to engage and and the extent to which you want to take that invitation <laughs> is up to you. you you can choose to you can choose to engage or not it's, it's entirely up to you as to how you want to play that and, and you're you're not going to be judged one way or another mm. um yep. if if you disengage completely then i may check in with you at some point to go is everything okay um, because I'm not, a, you know, I'm not able to to hear what your thoughts and feelings are, and I respect that. If you want to keep those thoughts and feelings to yourself, then that's okay as well. Um, so it's yes. it's not it's not like a, um, you can sit there and and, and do nothing and, and everything will be fine because yeah. it's, it's it's not that case. But it's also not the case of that if you sit there and do nothing, I'm going to then shame you in front of the rest of the group and go, yeah. you know, right, Angie, you've not said anything all day. What is it that you're saying? Um, so the, 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 the rules of, I guess, the, the permissions maybe, or the rules of the game, I, I, I really work hard to set them out quite early. And, and similarly with my team. So I've had examples in the past where I, I can tell something's wrong. I can tell there's something happening at home maybe or in another part of their life that I'm unaware of or maybe part of their work that I'm unaware of. And I can see that, that something isn't, I guess, yeah, isn't right for that individual. Mm. And and once I, I pushed to get it, so I could see that something wasn't right, and I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where I remember my team said, "Phil, just back off." 
leave me alone. If I wanted to talk about it, I'd talk about it. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And my intent was to help. So my intent was, I can help you, I can help you, I can help you, um, was what was in my head as I was kind of you know, consistently saying, I don't think everything's okay. You're telling me everything's okay, but I don't think everything's okay. What, what, you know, what, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that experience really kind of um, brought home for me that the approach I now take is, it looks like there's something happening and I want you to know that if you want to share, you can. And, yeah. and and I'll happily listen and uh and I won't judge whatever that is and, and if there's something that I or the the you know I or the company can do to support you then let us know what that is at the same time we trust you that you're making decisions that are right for you so um, we hope you're okay and you know the the expectation is that you'll share something at some point if that's something that you want to do um, but there's no expectation for you to do so yeah, yeah, and I've 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 done it. I've <coughs> as you were speaking, I was you know a number of examples were running through my head in my career where I've you know I kind of don't understand because I kind of think well I, you know I'm a I'm a and it, it it comes from I think the challenge has been where it comes from a place of kind of I so I've kind of gone well why won't they tell me because I want to help and you know what what is it about me that that enables them to kind of you know that that's stopping them from from mm. letting me help them but but you're right some people just just you know they just don't they just don't want that and and you know I, I, I agree with you Phil I think you know there have been times where I've almost just had you sometimes just have to play back objective things that you are seeing that say to you you know you know I'm, I'm seeing this is what I'm seeing and it was different from that and yeah. therefore if there's anything you want to, to say and I often say to managers that the, the, the best they can they can do is is continue to have the door open so you know constantly reinforce that their door is open and at some point somebody may walk through it um but you're right if somebody doesn't want to share then that is absolutely you know their 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 prerogative um but as i say i think if you're always in a position where you know you are always saying i'm here and you know and and you leave that door ajar it that person may just step through at the point in time that, that they need you i think if you close it down and kind of go okay well fine that's don't you know okay don't tell what's going on but you know mm. therefore just you know just want you to carry on as normal yeah it's not you know again that's a bit eye centered isn't it rather than the other person yeah 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 definitely and you mentioned um a, a, one of the, the the phrases you used when you were describing for example when you were talking about the the permission and setting out the permissions in the teams in the team for example what happened on the team day and you said how you said you're quite a simple person and you like it to be simple. Um, and so my question then is, what do you think makes it complicated? Um, I think we some I think we sometimes complicate managing and leading people and setting the right environment with just using sort of complicated words, really. I just, you know, it's just really simple. My view on on creating a right environment is having decent, quality, honest conversations, giving people time and giving people, you know, listening. Hmm. Um, you know, I I don't, I don't I, I just don't think it's really any more complicated than that. You know, it's um, it's about it's about relationships. It's about um, it's about li- listening to each other. It's about communicating effectively and I you know I so you know I, I think I think we sometimes 
um, overcomplicate things. I think we sometimes have our own, we, we, put, we project our own experiences on things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we put our own barriers up. Um, you know, um, I'm a big fan of, you know, the chimp paradox. I think our chimp sometimes gets in the way. Um, and, you know, and, and that's a, a big part, I think, of, of what makes some of this complex. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, fundamentally it comes down to simple communication, honest communication, authentic communication, mm. um, you know, this, this piece around you know, being, being who, who you are, um, being consistent, um, being clear, clarity of communication, you know, and I think it's as sort of as, as straightforward as that. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I think I, I tend to, uh, so I, I think I tend to agree in in that. Um, uh, to to quote Beverly Knight, um, although she might have been covering another song, but anyway, um, <laughs> I think sometimes what makes it complicated is the shoulda, woulda, couldas um, aspect. Um, I should be doing this. What would so and so do? I could do this. I could do that. I would do that. I should do that. Um, oh. And and those, I guess, those things that we we those stories we tell ourselves to then quote to, to do a brain brainness by quotes. The, the stories that we tell ourselves then about our role in that moment or yeah. uh, or, or what we're there to do or or or, or how we're, yeah. we're meant how we're meant yeah. to be in. Yeah. Um, in that setting and I, you know i've i've um i've i've kind of not i've got to this point in time where i am through through a journey you know i i, I did used to you know i used to take myself you know in, incredibly seriously you know and you know and i would you know management speak and you know i would you know i i would i would overcomplicate things and i would perhaps over formalize things and and um, you know, and, I, and I've kind of I've learned through experiences along the way that sometimes it's just having a conversation on a human level with somebody that actually achieves 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 the outcomes. Um, and it's you know it's it's kind of feels like it's sort of taken me sort of twenty plus years to get here. But I, I'm kind of here thinking I think this is just about connecting with people, um, and you know, and and you know, and 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 having you know having the structures structures around that. I mean, clearly organisations are there to achieve certain things. So the clarity around what the organisation has to achieve needs to be clear. The clarity of what the person is there at work to achieve needs to be clear. Expectations, performance needs to be clear. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I hope I'm not sort of painting a picture of just sort of, you know, floating around the office having sort of, you know, really lovely, you know, chats with everybody. This is kind of within, this is kind of the, the, the how within the, within the structures and the context of what it is Mm. a business is trying to achieve um and again i just think we just sometimes overcomplicate it by sort of you know well, we're this business and we're this business fundamentally it's about people it's about the relationships with those people it's about clarity it's about listening to them it's about being clear with what's expected mm. and it, you know i'm yeah i i'm sure it's any more complicated than that but I really welcome your you know welcome your thoughts on that phil uh, so, uh, so I think I agree. Uh, again, at the, at the risk of sounding like the Angie Day fan club, I think I agree. Um, and, <laughs> and when I think about the um, some of the things that that I do, for example, so one of the the when I was I think it was when I joined South Gloucestershire Council back in two thousand and eight. Um, my boss who who hired me, a lady called Alison McIver, she's been just 
I think the best boss I've ever had. Um, and part of what made her fantastic was on day one of arrival, she said to me, how do you want me to lead you? So you've been you for however many years. Um, I want to know how you want me to lead you so that you can be at your best. And I was like, wow. I <laughs> how, how do I answer that question? Um, and and not, not being really sure. I think I was 27 at the time. I think I was. Um, it was 2005. Yeah, 27. Um, and so she gave me a few days to think about it. So we had like my one-to-one on the Friday. Um, and I remember going into that being incredibly nervous. Um <laughs> Because, um, because no one had ever asked me, and so I was a bit suspicious. I was like, like <laughs> where, "Where's where's this going? You know, where, where where's 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 she trying to take it?" Um, but also, I was really nervous about the answer um, uh, because I, I was then and I still am really needy for a short period of time. I really need to understand the the rules of the game. I need to understand who I'm engaging with. I need to understand what's expected. I need to understand what, what we're trying to achieve. I need to understand where we're going. I need to under, you know, and, and I have loads and loads of questions and I'm like a, a what, I, what I described to Alison was I'm just really needy. I'm going to be really needy for somewhere between three and six months. And if you can see me through my neediness, then I'll fly. And basically you won't hear from me really after that i'll just be telling you you'll go through three to six months of me asking you loads of questions and then the focus will shift and i'll start telling you what i'm doing and i'll update you as what i'm doing and then if i need your help i'll ask for it um but basically see me through that period of time and then i'll fly um and that felt really scary to do because describing myself as needy because i am um uh it was was really tricky and i was i wasn't sure if i could be that open uh, and honest um and, and Alison said well what does needy look like then and I said well could we have like a one-to-one every week could we have a one-to-one every week where we review what I've been doing how I've been going and, and what we've been achieving and, and, and asking my questions and all these things she said yeah of course we can absolutely we can do that when would work I was like Fridays she said yeah Fridays are fine so Friday at two o'clock was was our one-to-one I think it was after about five weeks um she said Phil I can't sustain this this is just too much. It's taking too much of my time. Like you're you're having me for an hour and a half, two hours every Friday afternoon, and I've got stuff I need to do. Um, so I know I said this is what we do, but I can't sustain it anymore. So we need to change it. Can we can we change it to either we need to be less time or it needs to be less frequent. So either every other week for two hours is fine, or we need to be more focused in what we discuss. But I can't keep giving you an hour and a half, two hours every Friday afternoon. Um, and I was okay with that because we were. We were both really clear on what the, the boundaries were, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And then I take a lot of that into what into what I do now. So, for example, with my team, um, uh, on week one, I'll ask them the same question. Um, you know, what do you need from me? So how do you want me to lead you so that you can be at your best? But I also have in week one, um, what do we do when we piss each other off? What do we do when we let each other down? What do we do when we think each other isn't pulling their weight uh what do we do when i make a mistake and offend you um what do we do when you make a mistake and offend me so we i've identified sort of four or five key areas that can often be really tricky to get into and we and on week one we agree the parameters for how we do that so that when it happens because it will 
um, we've both agreed that this is how it's going to be. That you know, whether that be, say, for example, one colleague I've had in the past said to me, "Can you tell me, and not, and not give me the chance to reply, because I'll find it really overwhelming, because I feel like I've let you down, I feel like I've uh, I've not done enough, and so tell me, and then just let me think about it, because if you ask me what I think in that moment." I'm good, it's going to be really hard for me because I'm just going to be massively overwhelmed. So just tell me and then let's book another meeting in like a couple of hours later in the day where we can then discuss what you told me. I'm like, okay, yeah, if that works for you, we can do that. Um, and, and they find that really useful because it, it gave them the chance to to feel more in control of, of what was happening rather than um, yeah, feeling as though they have, to, they have to say something in that moment there and then without being really clear on on how they're thinking because their feelings are so um intense in that moment no i no, I've, i really no i really really like the example you just gave because i like the honesty about the fact that stuff will go wrong and it's funny isn't it because when we when we onboard people that you know into a role we're all both the organisation and the new people, we're in that honeymoon period, aren't we? We're very much, you know, it's all shiny and new and everything's mm. going to be fine. I, I love the fact, Phil, that you address the, so let's get on the table now, how are we going to deal with conflict? Because it, it it's so much harder to deal with it in the moment, isn't it? Because it's, it's suddenly really emotional in the moment. Mm. Actually getting it on the table when it's not emotional is you know it's yeah so i'm i'm going to um i'm going to steal that thank you you're very welcome <laughs> and i'm going to i'm going to personally use it and i'm going to kind of sort of use it with my leaders as well because i think that's um it, you all, all you're you're basically sort of establishing the ground rules aren't you you're kind of setting out the ground rules at the point in time when people are um you know being objective and kind of mm. focused and and not and not emotional and the only other thing i wanted to say about what you said phil was you you use the word needy i would just use the word clarity you know i i think um, you know, one of the key things most people seek in a work environment, in, in my opinion, is clarity. Um, and I think, you know, you sort of said you were, you said you were needy. I, I would, I would, yeah, I would kind of switch that word and say, I, from what, how the way you described it, it just sounded like, you know, clarity was was really, really important for you um, in those initial kind of months. And, and, and it is. And say it's one of those key, one of those key, key pillars in, in sort of good leadership. So, but, uh, but no, you know, I, I Please don't apologise for, for talking a lot. I, I took a huge amount from what you just said. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And, and I'll take the reframe. I'll take the needy clarity. <laughs> um, so I, I know that within most of one of the and, and and this I guess is is something that's been implicitly behind some of the topics we've been discussing so far and this idea of, of, of being your authentic self because that yeah. was you know in a way what Alison was asking <coughs> of me back in the. Back in the day, when you know, when she said, "Hey, do you want me to lead you?" and I was, like, oh, I "Don't know, because I'm scared." Um, mm. And I know that that working about bringing the, your authentic self into the workplace is something that that you've been focusing on from a from a cultural perspective in in most. So, how have you been doing that? Okay, so I mean, I I think um, again, it, it, for me, it comes back a little bit to to permissions. Yeah. Um, so you know that this piece around you know and I had had a great conversation with my my um, amazing CEO Sarah McMarthy the other day about this, about how you know that there are people that kind of um, you know they're they're quite happy with their home self and their work self you know they don't want to um, you know reveal all at, at work and 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 that's fine <laughs> that is also sort of fine but I think this piece around bringing your whole self to work 
my view is if you if you are in work and you are masking or you are hiding or you are and I mean hiding as in for fear of um, you know challenge or kind of you know being singled out or something or or you're something's going on in your in your personal life and you're kind of you know trying to just push on through you are you are distracting from from working yeah so you know I, I, my, my thinking around being authentic self at work is if you can just be in work and be you know be you and be kind of vulnerable and be you know I'm having a fantastic day today or do you know what I'm not having a great day today and this is why and uh, you know I just think it it kind of it means that the energy you're investing in work is you know you're investing more energy in work it makes it, it kind of makes business sense for me mm. um you know I think if you are coming to work and you are um expelling energy or expending energy is the right word in mm. kind of being who you're not and that's energy that's not being used on on doing great work in the work environment so you know i i think you know it's 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 not just kind of an altruistic look you know you want to create this amazing place where people you know share the love and and, and kind of get on mm. it's it's as much a business thing it's about okay look you know if, if you feel comfortable in, in work and you feel comfortable in your skin and you feel comfortable with the conversations you're having with people around you then you will produce better work you will thrive more at work um no, so that that's that, that's the piece around sort of the the authentic self and i and i am um you know i am i really am an open book you know i wear my heart on my sleeve um you know i'm i'm i you know you would not want me on a on a poker team um at all um so so i kind of that's kind of that's that's all i know really you know i i kind of all i know is kind of being kind of pretty honest and easy to read and transparent um and in the main that has worked for me really well. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think I've formed stronger relationships with people through that. You know, there are times where, you know, I would sort of be in union negotiations and have to put on my mask because, you know, you, <laughs> there are there are times in business when, mm -hmm. you know, you need to keep sort of your power to try. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I bring, you know, I am me. What people, what people see is what they get with with me um and so as i say i think this this piece around authentic self and i think the other piece around authentic self that's really important and you know i'd like to come back to to my you know fantastic ceo on this one is um i think in certain leadership roles so let's take ceo roles people have in their own mind what it kind of you know that what it is to be a ceo you know they, they look at people and think oh well you must be you must have had a particular background or you must have had a particular privilege or you must have come through this route or you must have whatever and I think if you are more authentic and you tell your story you are paving a way for other people because um you know everyone has their own story and their own journey and it's not always privilege and it's not always easy and it's um and I think sharing and particularly for women I think sharing um the the journey so that others can go okay wow yeah you know I, I i see a path i see a way i can see that um you know that 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 there have been there were barriers that were overcome and those things so i think i think um it's again the permissions thing isn't it you know it's giving other people permission to go oh okay yep so you know i've i've you know i can i can do this um so yeah mm. sorry a bit rambly no 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 not rambly at all <laughs> um <laughs> So, so I guess what, I'm, what I was thinking was it might be 
useful to, to maybe get a bit more specific, maybe, I think, in terms of... So how, how has that manifested itself then? So within within most of the, the idea of bringing your whole self to work is really important. Um, one of the ways that we do that is through being really explicit about permission um, and, yep. and doing it in a... Uh, and treating people like grown-ups um, was, yep. was a phrase that you used earlier. I'm not if that's the sort of the phrase that's used internally, but you know, that that was a phrase that you used earlier on. Yeah. And so, and so, what are some of the, I guess, maybe the tactical things or some of the 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 things that you've done that have helped people bring their whole self to work? So, um, I leadership <clears throat> is critical. So, I think any type of um, culture you're trying to create has to be lived and breathed by the leadership of the organization in particular the ceo i've worked in organizations where certainly as an hr professional i've you know often felt that myself and my hr colleagues were sort of you know on this this sort of you know single department mission to try and achieve things where you know perhaps the ceo was not not aligned and it's and it's really hard so 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 i think ceo leading by example at mosul we um we do sort of internal blogs, so people write okay. blogs about about a variety of things, um, about health issues, about um, bereavement issues, about their experiences of being um, a woman or being an ethnic minority. You know, the variety yeah. of things that we've we um, during lockdown we created our lockdown diaries, which was really cool. So people um, every every sort of other week or so would. Sort of put in their diary of what they got up to during the during the week, um, which you know, which was great because again, you know, we're all we're all a bit nosy, really, aren't we? we all quite like to peer through the, peer through the window to what's going on. <laughs> so that was you know that was that was um, something that we did. Um, mm-hmm. I think that lockdown. I'm sure you've had this conversation with with a number of your um, interviews in the past, Phil. You know, I think lockdown did suddenly give a window into people's lives mm-hmm. um, that wasn't there before, and you know, and it, it kind of it did. It did kind of change the sort of the view of work being a place you kind of go to and and, and show up at versus kind of you know the, what we had in in lockdown. Mm. Um, and then I think it is just how we and how we manage, how we communicate. Um, again, the consistent piece is is key for me. You know, supporting people. So you know, if people feel like they're not if people are concerned about maybe how somebody outside the organisation is is communicating with them or they, mm-hmm. they, they're in a position where they don't feel supported, again, it's about it's about supporting them. Yeah. So it's you know yeah. again it's it's, it's consistency. Uh, but so certainly the our you know our, our sort of internal blogs that we've done, you know, have really you know, there've been some really um, poignant ones and ones where people have really felt you know the or have really shared some quite um some person you know some really personal stuff that others have gone thank you <laughs> you know mm. thanks for doing that 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 that's something i've gone through or something i'm you know i'm experiencing or or even just thank you i i feel like i understand you a bit better now mm. you know so it's just kind of opening all of those those avenues so it's quite a, quite a broad i guess so you've got an element of as you said the, the leadership being key and, and, and that role modeling at the top, but also using a mixture of other 
I guess approaches. So you got some you got some corporate yep. comms or what might be classically looked at as corporate comms stuff in there in terms of you know the the blogs and, and the lockdown diaries as well as yep. um, maybe yeah some of, some some of the more I don't know uh, people focused activities that you might uh, that you might expect around things like you know setting expectations, setting around expectations of performance, setting around expectations of of, of engaging in conversations and, and dialogue and and those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, and you know we have we have values. We have our values. Um, like all organisations have have their values, but we have our values, and we are um, you know we they are kind of embedded through through kind of everything we do really. So you know respect is one of our values. Uh, clarity, influence, expertise. Those are our four values. So they are kind of our framework in, in which we operate, and um, you know our competencies speak to those. Our recognition speaks to those, um, and you know that we we. We bring them to life. I mean, the piece around the blogs, you know, they are uh, they are produced by colleagues, so they're mm. very much written by sort of colleagues um, rather than kind of necessarily our, our communications and corporate comms team. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, and and it kind of um, it just you know the the things that that give me great joy about working at Mosul and the cr- culture we've created is you create a snowball effect. It just if you get it right, it just it just grows it, it it you know it grows legs and it develops on its own and that's mm. that gives me huge joy because i think that is what um it's what culture is isn't it it's something that you know if, if any of the leadership team were to step away from the organization it would still live and mm. thrive um and that gives me huge joy and pleasure because that's not something that i've experienced in um, in any of my organizations actually that i've worked in, in the past you know it's it's I, I do truly believe and i you know had recent feedback from a from a, from a colleague that you know what what Mosul has in relation to its culture is really something quite special mm. um, and you know and that's that's really exciting and scary at the same time because you know that you know that, that something as special as that can you know again can be sort of lost in a in a moment so um, makes it all the more important to sort of protect it and you know again allow it to continue to thrive and grow yeah definitely uh, can I just go back a, a, a quick step? So you said the four values are respect, clarity, expertise, and influence. Influence. Yeah. Um, so one of the, I guess one of the challenges um, that I experience with um, bring your whole self to work is that the and the risk is that that I'm doing end of the spectrum stuff to to illustrate a point and i and i get and i i understand that before i say what i'm going to say next um because what we see in society and and so we're recording this episode on the 21st of december um 2022 and and in the uk this week there's been a a piece that's been published in the sun newspaper by a tv presenter called jeremy clarkson who's talked about his his view of um, Meghan Markle, who's married to um, Prince Harry, if you, I think he's Prince Harry still, um, and 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 what that that piece, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. What that piece? Well, I can't actually because the Sun newspaper has taken it down. But anyway, <laughs> I'll put a link to the story in the show notes. Um, but what that what that piece indicates is that the the idea of, for example, um, you. Know, being not being inclusive and and causing harm and vilifying or shaming people 
is a is something that is present in society and so you've got uh, and there will always be um you know, people on a spectrum whichever spectrum you use whether it's right and left whether you use you know so there will there will be views and, and and experiences that people have that may not fit the the cultural narrative or the cultural expectations for an organization which yeah. potentially then makes the bringing your whole self to work part challenging because on one hand we want you to bring your whole self to work but we don't want you to bring that part actually because because that part doesn't that that part doesn't fit um yeah and i just I, I wondered how you might see it yeah yeah and i um for me it comes down to this piece around respect mm-hmm. um and you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of these people that kind of step forward and say, you know, um, you know, I'm gonna have a right to express my opinion. I'm gonna kind of just, just do that regardless because, you know, that's, that's my right. You know, I kind of think, mm, really, you know, is that kind of duty respectful? So I think, I think, I think the organisation, people are, you know, people are still making a choice to join an organisation. And I think if that organisation is clear about what it's trying to achieve, um, how it expects to, you know, how, how employees should, it, should expect to be treated in that organisation, mm-hmm. um, how we expect people to deal with you know, trading advice or customers or external, who, whatever the organisation is, I think, you know, you, are still, you still have to kind of set some ground rules, don't you? Um, you know, it, this is not kind of the local pub. Um, you know, this is not, you know, it, it is still a, it is a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, and I, you know, I do appreciate you kind of sort of potentially saying, well, actually, you know, choosing the extremes here. Um, so I think there is something around respect. I think it is about the, the respect aspect um, and, you know, and, and kind of really saying, you know, is this, is this a conversation to have in the workplace? Um, and and it's it's about confidence, isn't it? I think it's about the confidence of people maybe getting into a conversation and that conversation maybe going somewhere that neither of them expected and someone having the confidence to say, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to continue this conversation or another colleague stepping in and kind of saying, look, I'm not sure this is the right place to have this conversation. So I think it's a it's about um, the confidence to articulate how you're feeling about about what is being discussed. Um, so you know it, it is, yeah, it, it is a challenge. Um, but you know, I'm I'm I where people kind of go, well, I'm just kind of going to put it out there because you know I'm you know I have have rights to say what I'm what I think. You know, I'm not. I just think that's a little bit bit of an excuse um, to sometimes be a bit vile. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but again, you know, I'm, I, I can hear. I, I'm already hearing feel that I'm projecting my own views and my own values on that. So you know, it's it's complex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it definitely. is. You know, it is complex. But you know, I, I think, I think you know, we've we've all got a pretty good idea in our own minds what what sort of you know respect and kindness and uh, you know look like, um, and and kind of a responsibility to to support others in that where maybe maybe others are not as you know in tune or 
or, or with that. But um, you know, I think I think a workplace does have you know it kind of has rules, doesn't it? It has policies, it has guidance, it has it has a framework. Um, and you know, I think as long as those conversations are are kind of uh, open and not punishing, I suppose, you know, it's kind of a, you know, this is why we didn't feel, really feel that this was the type of conversation to have. And, you know, how do you thought through the impact it might have had on X, Y and Z type thing? So it's about it's about people learning from it rather than just kind of going and, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a school governor as well, my, my daughter's school. And, you know, one of the things that they are battling with is um, it, it's some of the sort of the, the inappropriate language used by 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 children mm-hmm. um, that may be culturally appropriate for for um, for some people and not for others, and and they they are very much taking an approach of um, of educating. So you know, they yes, they're holding people to account for their behaviours, but they are they're kind of going more down a kind of want you to understand why this is not right, mm-hmm. rather than just saying that is not right and we are going to punish you for it. Um, and again, it's not it's not easy, but I I do believe that's the right way. Yeah, so I was having a, um, and I think at the risk of sounding like every organisation should have respect as a value. So I think what the, what the values do, for example, for Mosul then is, is as you said, they they outline the the expectations of of how to go into a convers what could be a really difficult conversation uh, that you you go in with respect, you go in with clarity. Um, uh, you know, so those those two values can can clearly show up in in the way that that conversation is had, yeah. um, because it could be that a particular perspective or a particular point of view comes from a, a particular individual's life experiences, and and therefore they aren't aware of a different perspective or other experiences because that's all they've known. Um, yeah, uh, and, and and I've deliberately kept that vague because it can be interpreted in 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 different ways um yes the other point you you make around um organizations being a professional place in the same way that that a, a country has has a set of laws that are enforced by uh, an approved body therefore being in the uk anyway being the police the the individuals are expected to operate within for the good of society that's what the the, the laws are there to do they're there to uphold the, the country as a as a whole, so that you know, and those people that break those laws are, are therefore, if and if proven to have broken those laws, you know, there will be repercussions appropriate to the, the the bending or the breaking of the laws. So in the same way for organisations, then there are expectations that an organisation can have, and I suppose the difference would be that an, <coughs> that an, an individual can choose whether to work for an organisation or not, and so if they don't, yeah. if they don't want to work within the boundaries or the the expectations that the organization is is outlining then they can make that choice to to do so or or not do so um yeah, and again yeah. that, that could be a, a case of you know what this organization isn't what i want to work for because um actually they do things in a way that i just really wouldn't want to do those things and so therefore i'm going to step away um again whether that be a um, you know, my morals and my and my values say different to what this organisation says. So therefore, uh, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay. So I think, and then, and then the way that those individuals are engaged with and the way those conversations are had, as you said, I think is really important. Um, yeah, and I think and I think that you know the onus the onus on the HR team is is that piece <coughs> around 
you know, setting out the setting out for candidates that are coming into that organisation, truly what that organisation is about and what they would expect to, to to see and be involved in, so that you do make so that you both make the right decision. You know, that mm. that that, that Mo's will make the right decision on people making offers to people and people go, yes, this is an organisation that, 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 you know, is going to get the best from me and I'm going to thrive. So I think it's, it's you know, it is on us as HR professionals to to make sure that those decisions are the right ones. And we get it wrong, I know we do, you know, um, but that we, you know, that, that people are equipped with everything that they can can have to kind of make the right decisions. And one of the things we do at Mosul is we've, um, we put videos on our website um, mm-hmm. of teams. So, we you know, we have a, we have a particular job role that's not, not particularly easy to articulate. So we had a um, one of our team members got together with three others. So there's a there's a lovely sort of teams teams call going on where they talk about what they do. They talk about what they do and they talk about what they like doing. And it just kind of it's like it just brought it to life. Mm. And so people can look at that and think, okay, so these are these are maybe the type of people I might bump into at this organisation. This yeah. is kind of what it is they do and this is how they work. Um, and from that they see very authentically you know, a, a group of people having a basically having a conversation, and they can, I think, get a very small kind of uh, insight into us as business that enables them to kind of go, yeah, that that, that looks like my type of place, or or mm, no, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure that, that that's for me. So you know, I, I and we're always thinking and trying to find new ways to um, kind of um, get ourselves out there because you know we are, as I say, you know, we're not we're not a household name. So actually. Um, you know, getting people to kind of understand what what we are about, what we're trying to achieve, and and you know that our the opportunities and challenges we have is uh, you know is something that we have to think about. Okay, uh, that was wonderful. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Angie. Um, I think I want to start pulling us together and, and, and wrapping us up, if, if that's okay. Um, yeah, super. Before I do that, though, is there is there something else or something more that um, that yeah you're you're thinking, feeling, or want to say before I sort of take us into our typical wrap up questions? Um, I, I guess the only thing I probably want to add is that you know I'm I'm kind of on a personal journey around sort of related to kindness at the moment, and I you know I I am. Um, it's kind of the next step really for me and my journey and kind of the, the journey that I'd like to kind of see at Mosul as well. And that's kind of just one around, um, you know, you talked about the, the, this article earlier this week and um, I just, uh, you know, my personal journey is one of kind of truly trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes, trying to just slow my thought processes down to kind of really reflect on where that other person is coming from and just trying really hard to just, you know, just to be kind in in, in every moment, <laughs> not just when it suits me or when I feel like it or when I'm in a great mood. Um, and um, and I just kind of, I'm on this kind of one, not one person mission. I know there's lots of people doing this, but I just, it just feels like now more than ever, um, kindness is needed. Mm. And, you know, I, you know, I, I you know, I, it's something that, that I'm going to be sort of focused on in the next well, hopefully for, for forever, I guess, like going going forward. But um, you know, I I will be sort of looking at what that means for you know for for the world of work as well. But yeah, I just kind of perhaps wanted to to add that. I guess to add it to kind of almost put it out there, Phil, so people can say to me, "How's that going?" <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you know what they say. You sort of put something out there, and then people can you know you're kind of hold yeah get someone to kind of hold you to account for it. But uh, but yeah, it's you know I I I think it's a uh, 
I think the world needs kindness right now. And uh, um, you know, if just if we could just start making some of those different calls, um, I think you know, the world, the world of work, would be a, a better place for us. Hmm. And how is it going so far? So you said you're on a journey. So how's yeah. the journey going so far? <laughs> it's going okay. Yeah, it's um, and and it's funny because I I I have to laugh sometimes because part of the journey I think is about being kind to self. So it's okay. about you know about recognizing when you just need to give yourself a break and go okay, all right, okay, you know, you're trying and you know this is this is going well. I you know I'll be completely honest with you. I find I find it easier in a work environment i think we all we are always less kind perhaps to those people that are closest to us um you know they're those people that you know are really we, we are really kind of emotionally attached to and involved with and um and it's those times where i kind of think okay be kind you know think think differently here mm. um but uh but yeah it's it's um going okay yeah i haven't mm. i certainly haven't given up on it there's more to do um, and it's just it's practice, isn't it? It's kind of it's you know it's like any any type of um, behaviour change. It needs to be it needs to become habit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, and it's uh, you know I there was a, a colleague I used to work with a previous organisation who who's a lawyer, and I love it. I just want to kind of if I could just share this quote from her because I just yeah. I just love it. She says, um, "While there is no law telling people to be kind, it is much harder to screw up legally by being kind." <laughs> <laughs> I just love that because again, yeah. it's 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 business as well, again, Yeah, you know, it's not this is not just about you know, like you know, lovely, light, fluffy. Let's let's be all loving stuff. So this stuff makes business sense. Yeah, if we yeah. if we just approach things from a different different angle, um, you know, it, it makes business sense too. So thanks for that, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, have you have you seen or read anything by Dr. Jia Wang from? Um, she's a professor in Texas, I think. Um, about, and I know this might sound a bit strange because you're saying, but Phil, I was talking about kindness. Um, so she researches into incivility in the workplace. Um, oh, no, I haven't. Kind of, it kind of links into um, some people liken it to microaggressions, and it's it is similar to, but it's and it's also slightly different from. Oh. Um, uh, and so yeah that might be interesting so i'll send a link to you and i'll put a link yeah please to, yeah um, yes. she did a, yep. a ted talk back in 2017 i think um uh, so i'll uh, i'll put a link to the ted talk in her ted talk in the show notes um and also i'll send it across to you as well because that might be oh a, please a, a yes yeah i love it love a good i love a good ted talk okay <laughs> wonderful um and uh, and are there so we're moving into our sort of closing off questions then are there other uh, sort of books or videos or, or resources that you would if people are interested in in thinking some more or doing some more work on you know this this idea of bringing your whole self to work and or the the other aspects that we've talked around in terms of um openness and um you know, making sure people have got clarity and um the permission side of things yeah is that, is that are there sort of places that you would signpost people to um I've mentioned it already, but I think I will mention again the um, Professor Steve Peters' The Chimp Paradox. It's the one. It's the one management book that I go back to. It's the one audio book I listen to more than you know, more than once, and it's the one book I normally recommend to people I'm mentoring, because okay. my view is you know all, all kind of change starts with self, mm -hmm. and what I like about uh, The Chimp Paradox is it just kind of explains what's going on in the brain and why we behave in the way we do sometimes and what we can do about changing that. And um, you know I. I you know, truly believe if we kind of 
understand self can't have to understand self before we can influence other so you know that that's um if i'm sure most of your listeners feel will have will have <laughs> come across this book because it's quite you know it's uh, yeah. it's certainly out there but if they haven't yeah, I, would, I would strongly recommend reading it Thank and you. um my, I guess my favourite TED talk, which is one about um, diversity and inclusion and, and very topical, um, based on sort of a, a recent sort of news news event, is um, Taisa Lassie's uh, Don't Ask Me Where I'm From, Ask Me Where I'm Local. But this is the one around... Um, yeah. Yeah. You, have you heard of it? Have, yeah. you, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um, I think that's... I think that's excellent. I think that's a really great, you know, a lot, I love lots of TED Talks, but that, again, that is one that I um, recommend to people because I think um, she positions that so well, so clearly, and is and is something that feels like it still trips us up in a work environment and, um, and you know, and we, we find it a bit challenging and scary. So, so uh, yeah, so those, those would probably be the two I would um, call out amongst Wonderful. many. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fab. Thank you. Okay, uh, and how can people get hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah, if they wanted to maybe ask you some more or wanted to follow up on uh, on something, um, how would you like people to get hold of you? Well, I'm um, certainly contactable through the through our Mosul website, so my kind of details are on there, and um, and people can can find me through there. And I am also on LinkedIn. Fabulous. All right, I'll put a link to both of those. Uh, I'll put a link to to the Mosul website, and I'll put a link to yeah. your profile in the show notes as well. Great. Does that sound okay. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so two other questions then. So one is, is there someone you would recommend for us to seek out to get onto this podcast? Is there someone that we, someone who you think, you know what, yeah, you should go and talk to them because I think they'd be really interesting. Uh, yes, yep. So I would like to um, suggest you contact a fantastic woman called Sarah Harvey, um, yeah. otherwise known as Savvy Sarah. Um, she is somebody that I've, I've encountered probably in the last three years of, of my career and we've engaged with her directly as Mosul. Um, she is uh, a coaching background, mediation and specialises in conflict. Okay. So, you know, she, she has a, um, a, a book, Savvy Conversations. And what I like about Sarah is she, coming back to this thing around simplicity, you know, she, she kind of breaks things down, breaks conflict down um, in, in a really in a really kind of fun and interesting way. She uses kind of musical links as well, which again, just, just kind of talk, talks to me. Um, so, you know, I would, um, yeah, I would love it. I would love to hear Sarah, um, Sarah Harvey on a podcast. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. We'll get in contact. Lovely. Uh, okay. In that case then, Angie, is there something else, something else or something more that you're thinking, feeling, or want to say before we close? No, I think the only thing I probably want to say is, um, you know, it's been a, been a great conversation phil thank you um thank you. real you know real um real privilege to spend the time with you and um and i've really enjoyed it and i hope that uh that listeners take you know if they just take one thing away then then i think that's that's success for me absolutely and, and I, I have no doubt at all that they will Angie. i think it's been a it's been a fantastic episode so thank you so much for for coming on thank you for for sharing your thinking and also for sharing your your gift wrapping tips as well so thank you so much <laughs> thank you You've been listening to the Emotion at Work podcast and if you got this far, you must be interested in the role that emotions have in the workplace either within individuals, between people in teams or in organisations as a whole. So head over to the Emotion at Work hub which you can find at community.emotionatwork.co.uk Thanks for listening.